0: Football is back, but football is weird. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on this episode we'll talk briefly about the psychology of FPL and then we'll go over what we've learned from the double game week, which players have stood out, who have got the best upcoming fixtures, who to bring in and our mock wild cards. Okay, welcome back, listeners, to the 173rd episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast, recording on Sunday, the 21st of June, 2020. Iceman here again, back with my co-host, Stefan. Let's cut the small talk, Stefan. We both have made decisions about players on our free hit that were in our teams, and then we removed them for someone else before the deadline. Now, I know you've got some regrets on your free hit team, don't you?
1: Yeah. Hello, so. It's good to be back again, but it's not good to be back with my team, I guess. And w- Once more this season, I fell into the trap of overthinking this thing. I was on the podcast last time being very hard and very clear on keeping the free hit for later, play the bench boost, and uh, maximize your squad for 15 men. And even so, for, for my team, even though I don't have a wild card, I thought that was the, the best solution, but mm. then I got uh, into thinking... And I got tempted by the free hit. The, the likes of Aguero tempted me, like tripling up on the Manchester City guys and uh, just go maximum Sheffield United. It, it looks enticing and you can play around with the free hit team. And uh, the biggest mistake I maybe made, made was uh, to activate my free hit team like five hours before the deadline. Mm. And that is, or five, six hours. And that was before we got uh, good information on Aguero not starting. If I knew he wasn't an option, uh, not that great of an option, I might have just uh, avoided the free hit. But when I first played my free hit, Aguero was in, but I removed him since he was about to be benched. I thought I was clever, and yeah, I brought in Jesus. Jesus started the game, but... Uh, Aguero managed to outscore him, even though we've got 10 minutes or <laughs> something. Promised. And, and, and we, we're recording on the Sunday, and luckily the, the Burnley game hasn't been played yet, so I expect Aguero to make my life <laughs> even more miserable.
0: Yeah, we've not got the anguish
1: so, yet, we haven't had that. I yeah, think. and I, I jumped on Newland in goal, that was quite alright, I think, uh, he was a cheap goalkeeper. But in the end, I, I, think, I think I had too much money to spend, and I was fixated by the double game week guys, and... My, my team, uh, which I had uh, planned for the bench boost, they had the likes of Doherty, Jiménez, uh, Alexander-Arnold. I had Aurier on the bench as a part of the bench boost. I had Bruno Fernandes in there, of course. Those guys have pretty much haunted me the whole game week, and I'm sat here with... My, my best news this game week might be that Özil uh, didn't play a single minute. So <laughs> I, I'm able to get the uh, Roman size off the bench for seven points. Oh, nice. And, oh, you got well, a another Yeah, I got one bonus. So that's a that's a success story, I think. Mm. And I I got Sterling captain. I was uh, Sterling or De Bruyne. I didn't know too much. I think De Bruyne was maybe. uh, I think Sterling matched him uh, with regards to the game on versus Arsenal. But tomorrow, since De Bruyne went off early, I guess De Bruyne starts and Sterling is benched or something. So we'll see. but all in all, I think I went too YOLO on the free hit team, and <laughs> I got caught up in the wrong things again. Got caught up in the, in the you know the fuss, the fuss, the deadline fuss. You just feel it down your body. You need to do something. You want to do something. You want to be creative, and I should just let it be. Just like when I played my wild card in Game Week 29 before the break, that was the same kind of decision. I had a good team. I just felt like, ah, I want to do some, need to do something, fix my rank, yeah, chase those points. That urge was
0: too much for you. So you just had, yeah. to, had to press that button. Yeah, I've got similar regrets over some players. I also had him and Ed in my team for quite a while, and then I removed him for the lovely McBurney, who really did let me down. But you know, that is what it is. I've got some regrets, but let's, let's go into, let's discuss briefly why people change their mind at the last minute i mean this will happen for a lot of fpl managers and sometimes you regret your decision sometimes you don't sometimes it pays off so sorry listeners but for the first part of this podcast it will be a little philosophical so fast forward to
2: 12 minutes 35 seconds
0: if you want to get to the FPL advice, because it will be more after that. So, okay, every decision we make from selecting your final team to who you place that captain's armband on comes with a degree of confidence that we have made the right call. If confidence is sufficiently low, we might change our minds and reverse our decision. So why do we change our minds at the last minute? Now, the answer is based in what psychologists call the decision apex. We all know that knowledge is power, so find out as much as you can now this relates to FPL with news we heard from FPL Rockstar like Stefan did where the Aston Villa lineup was released and Nyland was in goal instead of Reynard so a lot of people went Nyland instead Samata was benched so a lot of people got uh, rid of him and we also got wind of Aguero not starting so experience as well is key so you can go in line with what we heard about Aguero being benched remembering before about Jamie Jackson he said that he wasn't playing and then started and then smashed a hat trick so that experience may have changed your thoughts on whether or not you should go for agrarian your team or not and also to listen to your gut now your gut isn't just something that you've generated during lockdown but it's the knowledge that you have accumulated over the years over the season the experience of the game how things work your thoughts on and mindsets of players and managers you yeah, know many many things is is your gut it's not just what we've got at the moment so benjamin franklin a quote here once said there are three things extremely hard steel a diamond and to know oneself so to know oneself is to know what your instincts are. What is your gut telling you? If your gut is telling you one thing and you are reaping the rewards, then stick to what you're doing. You know, keep learning and gain, gain experience. So if your gut is failing for you, then work on trying to improve that. Gain the knowledge, learn from your experience and make your gut more trustworthy. Then your gut will be what you rely on for those green arrows. Now, how to not regret your decisions though? Every decision gives you the opportunity to take credit for your overall rank. Decisions are not always the result of a thoughtful contemplation. In fact, some of them are made on impulse alone. Regardless of the decision at the time you made it, it was something you wanted or you would not have done it. So be willing to own the decisions that you make. Be accountable for them. Take responsibility and accept them. So by experiencing the disappointment that may come with a decision's outcome, you can grow as an FPL manager. You aren't doing yourself any favours when you try and save yourself for the disappointment. Now, disappointment provides you with an opportunity to redefine your experiences. By reframing your skills, you increase your resilience bad decisions are your opportunity to master the art of self-forgiveness. Now when you make a bad decision you are the person who usually is hardest on yourself. Before you can accept the consequences of your decisions and move on you must forgive yourself. You won't always make perfect choices. Acknowledge the beauty in your human imperfection and then move forward and on. Now make your own decisions. Don't copy others. Your ability to make your own decisions is the opportunity to exercise freedom and that is your birthright. Be thankful for it in every decision that you make is good or bad. Feeling the pain from a decision that's gone wrong, you enable yourself to bask in the magnificence of a decision which has gone right. You will not know light without darkness, love without pain. For every failed decision you will make a successful one and the more decisions that you make the more chance that one of them will be successful and the last thing is you will make no mistakes you will only make experiences start thinking about the bad decisions as learning opportunities by spinning every decision as a chance to learn you will completely rewire your brain this rewiring will lead to different thoughts and beliefs now I hope this isn't too philosophical for you guys, but I think this is a thought for everyone, like you, like me, Stefan, to think about and not to overly regret your decisions and allow it to affect your mind, but learn from it and see every experience where you're teaching your instincts, aka your gut. It's
1: good. I uh, I think I need to work on the forgive myself part. I'm not very good at forgiving myself. I, I beat myself up. Oh, uh, very much. <laughs> which <laughs> which I a, a lot of people
0: of, do. And kind of it's a mistake But, it, but it, that bad decision which you've made, you find you've now made, what, that twice where you said on your wild card that you, you shouldn't have done it and then you've gone ahead and, and did it. And then this time you changed it so that you were bench boosting, then you free hit and then you made that decision quite late. Whereas now maybe you'll learn from that a little bit. Not to say that you're just not going to do it again, but you might change your mindset on it from that yeah. experience.
1: Yeah, I think it's important also to notice, uh, know yourself, like you said, and, and know yourself and know when you are starting to think uh, those patterns that often lead to mistakes yeah. and or, or lead to stuff, because I, I that's the part I, I beat myself up, one, for making I mean, yet another mistake, and secondly, for allowing myself to basically make the same mistake again as I did in the last game week, although that's three months ago. So, so that's uh, that's something I need to work on. But I think it's a good point when you say you don't make mistakes; you make experiences. I think if I try to think about it like that, it will be easier also to forgive myself for the mistakes. You know, if you just call them something else. So. I try to, uh, you you are the one who gets all my wine uh, on WhatsApp, so. (laughs) so, (laughs) I I do, but. I know know you need to do this, uh, (laughs) make this point to maybe ease down my um, WhatsApp whining.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe, but it's also a case of, a lot of people do it online, like uh, they, they go and whine about how, I do it myself, it's, you know, a lot of people do it. And it's it's something which it does kind of help. You're just saying, oh, I had Doherty, I had Jimenez. Why didn't I keep them? And then you think, oh, you go back to that. But you look at that as yes, you've got to learn from that. Now, what what was you deciding? What made you go without? And don't don't see it as oh, I keep making mistakes type of thing. And just learn from what's happened. I mean, like you've had two top three K finishes within the last two years, so. You've obviously done things right in the past as well, and I've had uh, three top 10k finishes in the last three years as well. So yeah. we both have a good record, and we've both learned from similar mistakes like that and you know, countered it with, with how we've got those positions.
1: Yeah, it's wise words, James. Uh, <laughs> something we all need, I think. Hmm.
0: Right, we'll move it on, listeners. I'm sure you'll be bored by that discussion. Maybe I'll cut some of it, anyway. Uh, so, uh, our Patreon. So, we'll move on to our Patreon briefly before we get into FPL chat. So, thank you to all of our patrons. We had a new one, Anders Kirchhoff. Is that you say it, Stefan? Yeah,
1: uh, it's okay. Yeah, and <laughs> it's Anders Kirchhoff.
0: He joined at the Slack level. So, thank you, Anders. Welcome to the Slack channel again. So, we also have to mention Andy Portlock, Vince Paul, Ron Fosk. They're pledging at the higher tier. So, a special... Thank you to them each week. Right. Okay. Back to the topics. What we've learnt. Now, There's been a few things that we've kind of seen from the football over the weekend. I think the fundamental thing that we've learned is that football is just not the same without the fans. Games are definitely not fast paced as they were. And the end of games are probably the most exciting. This match might lead to more clean sheets at the moment. But they've got to get going, don't they, Stefan? What, What else have we learned?
1: First off, I learned that watching these games with the FIFA sound in the background works pretty much okay so uh, getting that bus in the background they have this option at least here in Norway to listen to it just with the sound from the stadium which is basically nothing or you get this, I think it's a FIFA sound that plays in the background
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, I think that's a, that's pretty much an okay experience and I, I was uh, positively encouraged by watching games and I don't think it would be that boring to watch them even though there's no fans fans
0: I don't know, I choose Other the option than- not to watch it with the uh, with the fans because it's just okay, quite I- annoying. I thought it helped for
1: me. Uh, but the football, I, th- I think we don't know yet how much of an impact no fans has on the football because I think the football we've seen this past game week has been more influenced by players not being in top shape and teams not being able to train enough before the games. Yeah. And the, the football has been a bit sloppy, a bit slow at times. And I think it will pick up as we go along. And there's been, some, of course, some injuries, as we can uh, see. Liverpool, we saw yeah, today. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, some injuries, there will be some injuries, more injuries now than before. So that's something to watch out for. We didn't have many substitutions before 60 Minutes. And I also think we, we have pretty much predictable lineups for most teams. But um, the thing that maybe comes to mind with the lineups is that Liverpool are maybe the team I think looks uh, one of the least teams to, to be ready to play football. They uh, they ha- And they had some even more injuries now with uh, uh, both Milner going off and Minamino went off at halftime. Salah didn't, didn't come on and Liverpool looked very I think they looked slow and uh, maybe it's tough to pick yourself up again after being knocked out of the Champions League and just know that you have nine games to play and you will basically win the league no matter what so I think maybe it's hard to get yourself going for that in the same way so I think that's the factor that teams that don't have anything to play for maybe kept an extra eye on
0: yeah it's not sort of the motivation thing i mean you you look at but that that would be similar to what would happen anyway, regardless of you know no fans and uh you know what's happened after lockdown and stuff. I think that would be fairly yeah. similar. There are certain things which i kind of have learned, like Kane is still a no go only the one attempt versus united United still look good, you know, so they're investable with their fixtures um Sheffield United might. Be a stay away now after I think they conceded 14 attempts against Villa and they've lost O'Connell and they lost Egan to a red card so Jagielka might come in uh, they also lost 3-0 against Newcastle Um, so they might be a stairway Man City they can still score goals but we all knew that and uh, they'll be hard to pick as you know they'll get rotated and I suppose the last thing about the teams is Arsenal are still bad so there there are certain things that we've learned but I think we do need to give it a little bit more more time before we judge it on a whole as what to do with our teams um, fundamentally
1: yeah I would still just try to play the fixtures at this point and As we could see also in the Aston Villa-Chelsea game, it's that... Uh, it just showed how bad Sheffield United were attacking when they couldn't create much on Aston Villa. They just had this one shot on goal, I think. I, I
0: think they had uh, five, and five attempts. That's all they had the whole game. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think Newland got one save, if I remember correctly. And he, of course, fumbled the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it didn't count. And even though it, if it had counted, Sheffield United wouldn't be very much... Uh, it wouldn't have been their effort that caused that goal. It would be just a mistake. So... Chelsea today created a bunch against uh, Aston Villa and, and they're want they a team to target still. And yeah. Norwich as well, given the, how easy Southampton had it versus them. Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree with that. Just to note some key stats from the weekend. Now, these might be a little skewed as not all the games have been played, but we're recording on Sunday night. So Aubameyang, he's been top for shots over the weekend so far on nine but with no return the next best is five shots davis for villa is the biggest under performer on 0.87 xg with no return the biggest overachiever is one of your players stefan pepe uh yeah 0.04 xg with that goal that he scored southampton currently on the most chances created so far and ings with the most bps for strikers so far so just some interesting stats here we're gonna move on now to the next topic now so which players have stood out there's a few here which I've listed down the likes of Jimenez scoring a goal as usual Doherty getting that assist Triori came on looked good Bruno for United he also looked good with five shots and getting the penalty KDB standard Ings anyone who you think have, have stood out so far Stefan?
1: Yeah, I can add some, and I think uh, Laporte is one of them. Him being back, he should probably play some games, and Manchester City have uh, very easy fixtures when it comes to clean sheet potential. Of course, after Chelsea and Liverpool, but still, still versus those teams, why not keep a clean sheet? It's it's not like uh, Liverpool impressed much today versus Everton, so... It's not given that they won't keep a clean sheet. Yep. And uh, also also in that regard, I think uh, a good old hero is back into the mix in Ederson. For those having problems with the uh, Leno-Henderson duo, for example, uh, he should also be uh, benefiting from Laporte coming back. And he, of course, he barely almost had an assist uh, oh, versus Arsenal. Guy. Yeah, true. Yeah. So he has some... Okay, he doesn't have any big assist potential, but he has the clean sheet potential. I expect a lot of six-pointers from him until the end of the season. And those actually add up quite nice, I think.
0: Yeah, the problem is uh, that that's all... You'll see. From you won't see many bonus points. I suppose that is the problem. Oh with no, of course, but, of you, you, but you know yeah. that with their with their fixtures, they've obviously got Chelsea and Liverpool next. But after that, they've got Saints, Newcastle, Brighton, and Watford. So you yeah. could probably see it's, you know twenty four points there.
1: It's one to mention at least. And um, I think also uh, I, I'm gonna go real heavy on Manchester United. Uh, I have a couple of them in there right now with Fernandes and Martial. And even though they didn't score more than one goal against Spurs, I think Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, Martial, and maybe even Pogba, although I wouldn't buy Pogba myself. But I think Pogba is the key for unlocking Rashford and basically the whole Manchester United team.
0: Yeah, he did play that but, superb ball through that. It yeah, and it. he's done that a
1: lot. I think Rashford will get some good runs in alone with the goalkeeper. And I think Rashford is a great pick now. So he looked good. I also liked on Spurs, I liked uh, Son, also looked decent, but Aurier as well, he gets up attacking, he's going to attack every single game. And all these guys are guys that will play and start basically every single game as long as they're fit. And I think that's the most important thing to, to learn also, that there will be a lot of players now that are uncertain and that will get reduced minutes, which you could maybe stay away from. I mentioned there is Jota, who... Played much better than Jimenez in the first hour against West Ham, but still, Jimenez stays on the pitch. Chota gets substituted, <laughs> and yeah. Jimenez got that goal in the end. So yeah. that's so something to watch out. for. and, and Ishmael Assar. And, and we need to mention him as well. He was uh, in alone on Michael. missed his, missed his chance, but he still looks great. He's and he, really he anti, looks he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he
0: he's a good one. effectively it is kind of what we already know I mean like you looked at this before when you were on your wild card where you were looking at United players and you were like "Right, I'm going to bring in uh, Rashford when he's back and stuff like that this was before the lockdown so there is a fair amount which we're just kind of keeping to The you know we already know all this so it's just kind of sticking to it but yeah those players like Rashford you know he's going to shine as well at some point so he did kind of stand out as well United did get or was it? Twelve attempts against Tottenham, so they did look kind of active. They they pinned them back throughout the second half, so you can see yep. yeah you can see a lot more coming there. Yeah, I agree. I think
1: I think the main thing now is that Sheffield United, which it it looked like a tricky fixture before this this run of games. So I penciled in Rashford as a natural replacement for Aubameyang, come gaming thirty three, give Aubameyang the Norwich game maybe as a captain, and then go for Rashford. But given how Sheffield United is now without Henderson against United, they're without Egan, maybe without O'Connell. I don't know. They look bad and they miss players. Jack Robinson hasn't looked very comfortable either. So I think uh, they they will be a good opponent now to face for Manchester United. Yeah. And I expect big things of them. Could be a time so Bruno captain. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, be, I'm currently on Bruno captain. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 we can go, come back to that. But we'll I, think, to uh, I think... Uh, I think uh, it's good to just pour on the United players. You can even, of course, add a defender in there.
0: Which uh, one, though? We're we going to go yeah. back to our argument of Aaron yeah. uh, Ramsey versus Maguire. We we did. Uh, we, we enjoyed that. I think. I think <laughs> we drew in the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still in camp Maguire. I hope I was in camp Maguire before also.
0: Mm. Also, you, you were, and I, I was in yeah. the Wambisaka camp. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you still on Van Um, I wouldn't veer away from it. I wouldn't say just because uh, Maguire is probably the better option because you know he's going to get all the games and he's you know more than likely going to get a header at some point. I wouldn't say that uh, you would veer away from going from Van but I do think Maguire is probably the better option. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Right so let's let's move on then to the third headline then so who has the best upcoming fixtures then so there are quite a few teams with some good fixtures. The ones I've listed here. So now I'm just going to list them quickly. So it'll be Wolves, Man United, Spurs, Newcastle, Chelsea, <laughs> Arsenal uh, and Man City are probably the ones to I've noted down. Um, let's just quickly go through Wolves here. So they, they avoid any difficulty rating above four according to FPL until the end of the season. So uh, they have... Bournemouth at home, Aston Villa away, Arsenal at home, not an easy one, and Sheffield United uh, away. So they have got some promising fixtures. Do you want to list United's ones?
1: Yeah, they have Sheffield United at home, Brighton away, Bournemouth at home and Aston Villa away. And those four fixtures are just incredibly good to yeah. me.
0: Yeah. So with those two teams alone, you're almost looking at six players from your team, which you kind of want to bring in the likes of him. And there's the likes of Bolly, Dotty, there's Rashford, Bruno, you know, Maguire and Marshall. So there, there are options there. So you've got to be kind of pinpointing those teams because they are playing teams which you should be targeting. Just looking at Spurs as well. They've got West Ham next. Then they've got Sheffield United, Everton, then Bournemouth. Uh, so Son, as you mentioned, he got four shots in the last game against United, so he's always very active. I think that he's by far the better option over Kane. What do you reckon?
1: Well, What about Ali, James? Ali sat out that game and he's a cheaper way into the Spurs team and he did quite well when he played with both Kane That's and yeah. Son at the start of the Mourinho uh, campaign.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that he could be, and I think I did shout him towards the end of the, the lockdown at one point, but I, you know, didn't obviously adhere to anything. But yeah, he could be. It could be something which unlocks uh, Son a little bit more as well and releases him to to go further forward. So yeah, I agree. He could be a yeah, good pick, but it's a punt uh, at the moment.
1: That will be an interesting one because I remember watching games early on in Mourinho's time and Ali was the one who actually played the furthest forward. And sometimes I felt I was a son owner and sometimes I felt like he was a bit too much held back on the wing.
0: Was that with Kane in or out the team
1: though? Yeah, Kane Kane in the team. So okay. Kane basically plays behind Ali who goes yeah. more forward and then some comes from the, the wing along with Bargwine now. Yeah. So I think Ali yeah, is an uh, okay punt if you need to save save from your save uh, money
0: compared to Son, for example. Yeah, yeah, fair. Okay. Our uh, next next team we've got to talk about is uh, Newcastle. So they've got Aston Villa at home, Bournemouth, West Ham, and then they've got Man City, but after that it's a little bit favourable towards the end of the season. They've got LaSalle's Richie scored today, could be an option St. Maximum, probably the only three which I can list from there.
1: I think Rich is the interesting one. He plays now out of position. He was in on the wing in the four-two-three-one on penalties. Uh, yeah, maybe he, he he took the last penalty and missed it. Who knows? Uh, but uh, he could be on penalties at least. So I don't know who else scores on that team. So I guess maybe Shelby can take a penalty. Uh, but still, Rich, players. Richie could. Yeah, Richie could be uh He's a bit expensive. Five point three, I think so yeah it is, it
0: is i think it's 5.5 5.3 5. is it 5.3 oh okay yeah that was, that's it's quite still a expensive, bit expensive but yeah. it's yeah. yeah if you've got the money at the moment i've done a, a mock wild card and i had lascelles in there and uh i realized that i could go up to richie so i would probably do that if uh, i did have the option just because yeah. you know out position probably taking penalties right so we've got chelsea next they've got Man City next. But then after that, they've got West Ham, Watford, Crystal Palace, Sheffield, and then Norwich. So they've got some pretty decent fixtures. Now, the problem there is that who to choose? You've got Giroud who started tonight with Tammy on the bench. You've got Pulisic who came on and scored. Maybe he's going to get a go now. Mount looked the most active today. Never know who's going to go in and out of that team. Anyone else you can think of Chelsea at the moment?
1: Yeah, uh, I think Chelsea for me is Aspilgueta or no one. And that's uh, uh, strengthened by, before the game today, Lampard was interviewed and he said, uh, for those who were benched today, I wouldn't worry too much or something because everyone knows uh, this, you will have to come on as a sub and there will be, we will be using the whole squad, etc. So I expect rotation. I don't know how we can predict the lineups for Chelsea going on forward. So the only player named in that team is Aspilicueta. So if you want to ride
0: those fixtures, he's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, next team are Arsenal. Unfortunately, we cannot just turn away that they do have Saints in Game Week 31 who did play well against Norwich, but they also have Norwich in Game Week 32. So for a free hit, I think 32 or Bamiang is one of those players that you would really consider bringing in, but maybe not for the long term because, you know, the, the fixtures in the next Two are good, but after that, it's, you know, we've got Wolves, Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool. So we've got Villa and Watford to finish, but yeah, uh, it would just be for the next two for Arsenal. There is a new option now that Leno has been injured. Martinez is 4.2, so he'll be a wildcard option because you you would assume that he's going to be played depending on how long Leno is out. But whether or not we're going to keep clean sheets, I just don't know. We we just don't look like we are. Uh, Next team then, so is Man City, as we've mentioned already, after Game Week 31 and Game Week 32 against Chelsea and Liverpool. They have Saints, Newcastle, uh, Brighton, Watford take your pick with those players really you know they're going to get goals it's just whether or not they're going to play you do feel like De Bruyne at some point is going to get a rest so you just never know when that's going to come but towards the end of the, the season then they've got Norwich on the on the last game even so it really does look tasty after this Liverpool game it's just who you're going to pick isn't
1: it yeah I think I think it's a tough one and um... I was uh, hearing reports about KDB not being in shape, but he looked pretty much in shape to me yeah, <laughs> against gets, Arsenal. Really and good. I think with him on penalties, it's daring to go without him. Without, but again, uh, they have nothing to play for in the league. They have the FA Cup to play for, so I would maybe think that Pep plays his
0: strongest team in the FA Cup and. Um, and rotates they, a bit more in the Premier League maybe they also need to get ready for the Champions League as well so they need to get match fit and I do I don't think that they they haven't got any motivation I think that they still will be gunning for goals etc. cetera Raheem so yeah so
1: you think De Bruyne will play every game
0: no <laughs> no <laughs> But that, that, that's always going to be the problem with them, is it? I mean, like sometimes you can get loads of points from De Bruyne in just one game week that you wouldn't get from a player in two game weeks, like the likes of Aubameyang this game week, etc. So yeah, you know, there's that risk to take. You just know that there's going to be goals at City. You just never know who it's going to come from and who's going to actually be on the pitch to get them. But you, you look at just his stats in the last game alone, five, five attempts was the most in the game against Arsenal. It just shows what a player he is it was actually Sterling who got the most chances created on five with De Bruyne getting two but yeah he's always going to be up there in the numbers so yeah I agree with you on penalties and shooting at will he's one of these players that's scary to go about but let's move on to the next topic then so which players are a must now never say that any player is really a must but we do say it casually from time to time just saying yes he's a must but you never really think it deep down but I've asked my fancy football hub group on Twitter and I asked the question who are the most essential players just say on your wild card and just to list a list of you got uh, a as saying Dominic Cabot-Lewin was his first transfer in favoured by Carlo guaranteed to start reasonably priced you also almost scored today. Uh, Chris Tan says that Bruno and Jimenez with both their sides having motivation, good fixtures and both are integral to their teams. So FPL Tim said Doherty, he is a must. Jossie has put Bruno, Jimenez and Doherty, not many will go without Maguire or Wan-Bissaka. Many will add either Marshall and Rashford and Pope is looking very template he's saying. So Matthew Penneke has said that Mane or Salah and TAA for the short term. And then FPL Tips mentions that Doherty could be a luxury as Wolves' defence are probably more essential. I think I agree with that last comment there. So who do you think are probably going to be the most essential players from now until the end, or for just from now onwards?
1: Uh, I think still uh, a lot of those guys miss the most essential player for me, and that's uh, Alexander-Arnold. I don't. I still think I would have, if I had to get rid of one of him or Bruno Fernandes, I still think I had to... Get rid of Bruno. Yeah,
0: played two. Uh, two bonus points. Uh, I got, got oh, one, I could got one in the end, but oh, okay.
1: still. Uh, I st- also think Bruno is should be in every team, and as long uh, as well as Jimenez. Yeah. So if you talk about really essential guys, those three, and I can't say uh, the Bruyne is essential at this point because I'm actually a non, I don't own any City players <laughs> on my team, which I uh, reverted back to now, and. I was comfortable with that before the game week, of course a bit more uncomfortable now, but I wouldn't say that any City player is a must-have compared to the likes of Bruno Fernandes, Jimenez or Alexander-Arnold.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. You know, TAA, until Liverpool start to rotate, whether or not they're going to, or not, we don't know. But yeah, he's probably most essential. A United defence, though, someone from there, you know, like we say, great fixtures of motivation. They have actually kept four clean sheets in their last six. They only conceded one big chance against Spurs, and that was when Maguire just let him run past him. Uh, so I would say that maybe a United f- defence from now was probably not essential, but, you know, worth looking at. Uh, and a, a Wolves defender doty he's probably the one which like FPL Tips has said you yeah, know with four goals and five assists this season can't be sniffed at really can he he's, he's also had the most shots on target and the most big chances for any defender which I thought was interesting so he looks almost a must but you can go with Bolly or Saïs, etc. What about a Liverpool mid then? You don't think that any of the Liverpool mids are, are worth having or you think they're just luxury?
1: I don't think you I don't think you need to have a Wolverhampton defender if you're talking about must-haves, but nice players to have or recommended players if you go down a notch from the must-haves. I think, uh, I think still it's a worrisome that Salah didn't play any part of today's game. So that maybe rules him out for the captain option against Crystal Palace, but this team today really needed Salah back in there. There was Which, something missing
0: that that makes me like that makes me think that he's more of a captain option because he's probably if he's on the bench then he's going to be fit. So you would assume that he will be playing the next game, especially <laughs> if they need to. Well, they're going to want to win against Palace now.
1: Yeah, but the thing he has been injured. That's why he didn't start. And if he has been injured and he wasn't even fit enough to play 30 minutes today or 20 minutes, this this Liverpool needed to win the game. It's not like they cruised comfortably into a 3-0 victory and they can put on Origi. They chose Salah to sit on the bench and give Origi the chance. So I don't think Salah is fit for 90 minutes against Crystal Palace. Mm. At least we we, we can't... uh, you can't know that he will play ninety minutes, whereas other guys, even Aubameyang, will play ninety minutes against Southampton. He always gets Jim-
0: ninety minutes. That's yeah, and Jimenez <laughs> will play
1: ninety minutes. So remember, on Aubameyang, he was a big failure. Many people see him, look, see him as, but he got four points. It's not. That's not a terrible. And he got a lot of chances and he, he could have scored a goal, of course.
0: Yeah, everyone's um, really against the bami now. They're going crazy. I think I saw yeah. a tweet from uh, FPO General, never again, never again. I just think, well, don't go overboard. Why? Like, it's, <laughs> he's still, yeah, he's, if he's playing Norwich and you've got a free hit, He's probably first in my team's team. Nine shots he had. He could have scored and he did score from a goal, which was just offside. So if one yeah. of the, if oh. just one kick goes in, then everyone changes their mind and their opinion on him. It's funny, isn't
1: it? Yeah. So, so if Aguero starts tomorrow night and he gets 59 minutes without a return. So he gets five points total for the game week. Is he then a never again guy as yeah. well? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a, uh, I think that's too easy. And Obamyang for me. He's one hundred percent my captain for gaming thirty two against norwich oh, I don't no. see why I shouldn't captain him that game it's it's It just makes sense, and i'm gonna start doing the things that just make sense and <laughs> yeah. the, re- the results will come sometime i think yeah yeah I but, did... uh, but i f- I would go for a captain that plays ninety minutes or should play ninety minutes, so I think that rules out salah for me there's a there's a small uncertainty you'd never know with him not getting any minutes today. Had he gotten thirty minutes, yeah, they would I have, have been comfortable there kept yeah, in him.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with that. Um there was uh something with rebound put up on our little group he put because uh, a lot of people were saying that a banning should be played down the middle, lone striker or a striker with two, but he actually scores most of his goals when playing out on the left. This was something from the athletics and Premier League games from 2017 to 2020. On the left, he actually scores uh, 0.83 goals per 90. Whereas a lone striker and a striker at two, it's just 0.57 and 0.56. And on the right, it's just 0.5. So it does actually prove that he does do well. And with the nine shots that he had, uh, how close he got. I think people are really going overboard about just not going him yeah. again. But yeah, we, we know that. And, and, and one one
1: goal against Brighton basically means nine points for Aubameyang with the bonus. Yeah. Because he's he's pretty much uh, almost made for at least some bonus points or maybe two or three bonus points.
0: Yeah, and then everyone will but, be happy. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's fine but, margins.
1: Uh, but back to the essential guys. And I think I just want to make one point on this. And it's basically when you pick the guys, I think... The must haves are the guys that you are pretty pretty certain will play 90 minutes each and every game. I don't mean you have to be 100% sure, but I would 100% pick guys like Calvert Lewin over Jota, for example, yeah. based on that reason. And okay, I don't have any other good examples, but <laughs> try to get those guys to get 90 minutes. There are a bunch of them. There should be plenty to to pick from.
0: I think KDB is probably the closest that you'll get with with City. So yep. obviously him and the likes of Bruno, they're I think they're very central to their teams as well, and they're both on penalties, or, albeit you know KDB. I don't think he's taken on uh, with Aguero on the pitch, but he's looking the best player on every pitch So he goes on. KDB and of course he's probably going to get rotated at some point, but Bruno four goals, three assists in seven matches. And then the last one, I suppose, is Jimenez. Uh, he's probably the biggest must out of the strikers. You know, he's got fixtures and form. I, I think that he's just going to be scoring nearly every game. That's all he seems to do. But problem is with Jimenez, he doesn't often get braces, does he?
1: No, no, that's true. And he he can be anonymous, and he he's a uh, he's great at his price, but you can't expect too much each and every single game week.
0: Yeah. Okay, that. But
1: he will, he will, he will tickle along and get you, uh, trick, trickle along and get to get to the points. Yeah, he won't tickle six, you. <laughs> he'll,
0: he'll tickle you and he will trickle on you. Uh, but yeah, yeah he'll yeah. definitely give you some points. Uh, right. Yeah. Let, let's move on then. So mock card. So Mikael Tokvam listed his BCV wildcard team. So this is just you know, putting together a wildcard team, which is on his algorithm showing that they're going to score the most points going forward. So I'm just going to quickly list this. One person who's nearly in everyone's wild card team is Pope in goal. Then he's got Alexander Arnold, uh, Doherty, Van Dyke, Bolly and Holgate. And then midfield, it's uh, Bruno. Salah, Saar, Son a lot of Estes there and uh, Douglas Louise at 4.4 then up front is Rashford Jimenez and Calvert-Lewin so the sum of that he's saying on wildcard would be 103.7 million that will cost you so that's what he's looking at uh, his wildcard as well what are your thoughts on those he's not got KDB in that which is very notable Stefan that's his big miss there I think
1: and and that's the thing I, I don't have um, KDB either and when I looked at my uh, option to since I have played my wildcard I looked at my option to play the free hit this weekend I came back to okay this team that I will get back uh, it has uh, Fernandez, Sala, Saar and I have Martial in place of Son I don't have any De Bruyne and I, I was kind of comfortable with that but that uh, penalty <laughs> Made me uncertain, that, but uh, at least uh, at least I get. No, I won't be comfortable either. But I just have to learn to live with it, I guess. But mm. I think it's uh, it's a uh, it's a great wild card, and the only miss is De Bruyne, and I guess a bunch of guys can manage to put De Bruyne in for Son. And uh, if you want to keep De Bruyne, I would uh, sacrifice Son in that setup.
0: Yeah and another wild card which I have looked at is uh, Jossi, who's been on the pod before now he's got probably the highest team value of anyone in the world so I just want to list who he's got so he's got the same front three in Calvert-Lewin Rashford and Jimenez but in midfield he's actually got De Bruyne in there with Son, Bruno, Salah and he's got Cantwell in there as, as his bench option instead of Douglas Weese and then at the back he's got the likes of Maguire who we were talking about earlier Alexander-Arnold he's got Holgate as well and he's got Kiko Feminia, so I think he had a choice there whether to go him or Lascelles and then he also has Pope in goal so that's very kind of of similar
1: (laughs) He basically has the algorithm team, except he got uh, De Bruyne for Sar. So that shows you how <laughs> what an insane team value this is. Yeah,
0: he's also got Maguire for Van Dijk. Who, uh, yeah, but
1: that's not too big of a difference, right? not too big,
0: yeah. So it does show you some people, if they you know, bring up their team value, the teams which they can get are amazing. There are, there are a few players... I've looked at my uh, wildcard team overall, and there are a few players which I definitely would have from that team. I think... I- I would be on Ings as well and Triore just because of low value. So <laughs> I'm kind of similar to that team as well, which is a little bit depressing because it seems quite template.
1: Yeah, but I would I would 100% sacrifice Triore and spend the extra cash on getting Sar. Uh, going back, I think Traore is great, but I don't think he will play 90 minutes or even yeah. close to it each game. Yeah, and, and I can see see you. You once again made a wildcard team, and you avoided having Alexander Arnold.
0: Yeah, he so can't. What's, come, what's with that? can't come near my team ever this season, just because I need to play on it now. If I'm if I'm going to go the whole season, why why didn't you do well that season, Ice Well, I didn't have TAA all season. That's going to be my uh, go, go to excuse, along with uh, COVID. Like I'm just racking up the excuses here. Just yeah, let me but- let me let me play it my way. <laughs> but
1: you are playing the wildcard now, right? No. No, okay. No,
0: I've got a very similar team to what you should have as a wild card. This is why I free hit last week. Yeah. Let's just quickly talk about when you're doing your wild card, what you need to think about, because a lot of people are doing their wild card at the moment. Obviously, I think one thing which people do miss is to plan out their captains and make sure you've got those options around those price points, whether you want to swap to them, the likes of De Bruyne, Salah or Rashford or Aubameyang. If you do want to captain Aubameyang in game week 32, then make sure you either have that option to to bring him in or you already have him etc. So just think about that. Also take note of, as we mentioned the rotation worries for the likes of Jota, like you were saying Stefan, and especially with the five subs coming in those players which normally get rotated you can almost see it happening every game i think having bench players i think two bench players is probably what you need i'm not sure if three is needed but that would be preferable obviously anything else which you can think on wildcard uh,
1: yeah i would have a good look and um, at uh, who plays aston villa and who plays yeah. norwich
0: targeting teams yeah
1: yeah so i think uh, you, on the wild card, you have Wolves facing Aston Villa away in Gaming 32, and then Villa face Liverpool away, and then they face Manchester United. So those weeks are crucial. So I would do whatever I can to target those three Aston Villa games Wolverhampton, Gaming 32, Liverpool 33, and United 34. And that's why I will also probably end up with triple Manchester United attack come Gaming 33 to just go uh, guns galore on Aston Villa and Bournemouth. Just hope they score six goals in each game. <laughs>
0: yeah, you wish them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just just one thing to note, which I, I have got in down here. Bruno uh, has confirmed that Rashford was meant to be taking the second penalty, which they almost got awarded in that game. It's interesting to know that they still might be rotating penalty, so don't let that put you off Rashford altogether. Okay, let's move on to the questions. So we've got one here from Emma, best single goalkeeper, any thoughts? We also have one from GC at is saying best keeper for the run-in. I mean, I think we've listed here who's the obvious keeper to have. Burnley, they do have some pretty good fixtures for the rest of the season. They have kept 11 clean sheets so far this season, which is second to Liverpool. So there's no one really shouting out to me at the moment. So I think I would go with Pope. What do you reckon? I agree. Yeah. Hope that answers your question, Emma and GC. So next question here is from Andy Gray. Whilst he's not commentating, he's been giving us questions. So he is saying, is going without Mane and Salah foolish? If we need a stronger 15 than normal because of high volume of games and substitutions, etc., is the money better spent elsewhere now the league is all but one? See, I don't think just because you need that stronger 15 that, you need to get rid of them. I just think you need to bring in those players which you know are going to play the 90 minutes and just mainly choose someone who doesn't get rotated instead. So, I mean, they are going for the title. They will score goals, but maybe they're going to bottle it because they didn't play well today somewhat and just win 1-0. Who knows? What what do you reckon?
1: Uh, I think uh, I would be more comfortable having one of them, and especially... I, I guess you would captain Salah some of the game weeks that yeah. are coming up. And uh, that makes it uh, important for me to bring him in.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, next question here is uh, from Cookie. He is just saying, uh, based on what we've seen so far, who are the most essential players on wildcard? I think we've answered that, Cookies, Go back in the podcast. We've got, also got one here from Ryan Hemmings. Is saying, which side's oppo are we targeting for free hit and wildcards? I think the main two are going to be Norwich and Villa. Anyone else, do you reckon?
1: I think that's... uh, I said it before and uh, I'll say it again. Those two teams are going to take some beatings, I think. So it's good to target them.
0: Another one here from Mad Hatter saying, if you guys only had bench boost left, which game week would you be targeting to play in and Why?
1: Oh, I, I can answer that because I have my bench boost left, yeah, and too. I was pl- I was planning to use it this game week because I had this great goalkeeper on my bench, Leno. <laughs> I had a oh, Taylor great, who yeah. plays Watford, and I had Cutcart which uh, he <clears throat> he forgot how to uh, start games, so he's <laughs> out. And uh, McCarthy, I was planning to transfer him to someone like Todd Cantwell, but. Uh, with Leno out and Cathcart benched, my bench boost is gone. So uh, to answer Mad Hatter, I would target any game week you could actually manage to field four of your bench guys. If it looks like they will be starting a single game week, play the bench boost immediately. Don't <laughs> worry about opponents. Just if they show up, it's good enough.
0: Yeah, I'm almost because in it, agreement.
1: It, yeah, it will, it will be very hard to play a good bench boost from till now until the end of the season without the wild card first.
0: Yeah, I'm almost in agreement. There was a game week which I was looking at. It was game week 36 just because there are some players the likes of Palace, etc. Brighton play Saints. So game week 36 is where I was looking at. But I agree with Stefan. Just play it whenever you can. And if you've got your wildcard, try and manoeuvre to that game week maybe. I wouldn't go too gun ho with it I don't think it's ever scored anyone that much I think people got quite lucky with the Villa Sheffield United clean sheets there so they may have benefited from it this week but I don't think it's Massive. Anyway, we've got another question here from Woodsy at Woodsy eighty seven UK, who used to be a co-host on this very podcast, and he loves a rectal reach round. He says, "Hello, gents. Hope your game weeks are going better than West Ham's Premier League survival chances." Yeah, well, we'll see. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Couple of uh, questions. Firstly, Leno replacement. So he's thinking Patricio but want to fit in Triore alongside Hymniz and Saez. Secondly, Pepe stick or twist, if twist to who? So I, I agree, I think you shouldn't go Patricio. He does have the fixtures, but doesn't get many saves or bonus, whereas the Wolves defenders do. And I think I'd rather Pope with those fixtures. What do you reckon on that?
1: Yeah, I agree. Pope as. Still, still a
0: great pope. Yeah, and for the second question, for Pepe, it does depend on how much you got. But if you can go straight to Son, then that's probably the option. Yeah. Or Bruno, if you don't have him, it, it depends who you've got. Team. I would,
1: I would transfer out Pepe for basically anyone else. Anyone, you yeah. Can <laughs> yeah. He yeah. was, as you said, the goal was lucky, and he was just. Awful just yeah. once again. Arsenal were great as a team. Yeah, though, so. yeah, but he was especially awful. <laughs> and he didn't even he didn't even get the minutes against Manchester City. Yeah, so yeah. he's uh, he's straight out of the team, yeah. you would see. Get him out.
0: Yeah. Another question here, Kaza at FPO underscore Kaza, is Bergwine or Ali a better option than Son, especially given price difference and the wide position that Son is playing now. Thoughts on that? You've mentioned that earlier about Ali. What about Bergwine? Yeah.
1: I wouldn't hate bringing in uh, Ali to save some funds.
0: Yeah, Bergwijn uh, is Ber-
1: Yeah, Bergwijn is he's much cheaper, but his minutes again. I th- think he, they will be managed more than Son's. I think ever since uh, Mourinho came in, Son has played ninety minutes in almost every game.
0: Yeah,
1: close to ninety minutes in almost every game. So he's uh, he's by all means a great asset and. If you really need that extra 0. 0.4 million, Ali could maybe be worth it. But yeah. he's a punt. He's more of a punt as whereas well Son is a safe pick who will give you points.
0: Yeah, the only thing is Spurs were a little bit yeah they were negative in that game, but I think they got Mourinho, didn't they? Where they were just yeah. like going to play for the one 0 in the second half. So it's almost like don't let that put you off. Wait, if they're playing better, uh, easier teams, that uh, they'll they'll go for it a little bit more as well.
1: Yeah, but that's of course the argument against Spurs is is Mourinho. So yeah. it's it's I think it's a valid argument to say if you really don't like how Mourinho plays football and really don't like Spurs until you actually see them play some dynamic good football with Kane in there, you could uh, choose to spend your money elsewhere. I think it's a fair fair shout.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I've well, got a question here from Bob MC at Bob MC D three is saying with low team value is having no bench bar Sacco maybe on my wildcards stupid. Now. Yeah. I, I, even without, with the low team value, I think you do have to go for those players, which you know are going to be playing and then just have to sacrifice elsewhere for the likes of KDB could go Mares, et cetera. But, Yeah, there's, there are sacrifices that can be done where it's a little bit better. Also, one here from Market at m bison 22 is saying, due to low team value, I have to make one of the following inevitable sacrifices on wildcard. Jimenez to Yota, Son to Ali, or TAA to Van Dyke. So I I would take the Son to Ali one, I think, there. Uh, What do you reckon, Stefan?
1: I agree. I just argued for it, so I, I stick <laughs> to that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Mark at mbison22 is saying, why are Arsenal so poo? Who knows, Mark? Bloody nightmare It's because, of the fan.
1: It's because they play just a bunch of kids. Yeah. Each and a game. And um,
0: oh, Who who then then, then Ozil need Ozil time. Yeah, Ozil <laughs> then out then makes a difference. Although, it's, it's out as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Players injured. Now, Leno. It's... it's- it's falling apart, yeah. James. It's but falling apart. Or Aubameyang will <laughs> score eventually. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He will. Right, we'll just go s- through some quick ones now. So we've got Nirvan A. It's just putting Aubameyang or Kane. Stefan? Oh, Aubameyang. Yeah, I think I'll go Aubameyang Kang with just the one shot in the last game and also playing quite deeper. He was doing that before the lockdown, before he got injured. So yeah, Aubameyang for me, even though a lot of people are going to hate that. Joshy here is just saying the big question of my week. Many will be asking Rashford or Martial. Bruno is a given. Which one, Stefan?
1: Uh, Rashford because Martial is uh, also like Arsenal poo, but when it comes to bonus points. Marcel's a great pick but the bonus points are a drawback and Rashford will benefit more from those and hence and I might even take a penalty as you just explained so yeah, true. Rashford
0: Rashford for me yeah I'm going to go Marshall Marcel just because I don't know just to be different okay that's it for this week's questions thank you for sending your questions sorry if we didn't get to them I need to run off now for the Iceman's Piss so I will be right back <laughs> Okay, welcome back from the Iceman's Pitch Break. We're going to talk about partners, our partner chat. So, Mikhail Topfam's algorithm, he has seen my team, and he is saying it is in very good shape, quite close to a wildcard team. The weakest spot is Lascelles. He's got a good fixture, so can wait. So, with 0.2 in the bank, the best available transfer is only Holgate. <laughs> But I may as well leave that off and then just have two transfers for next week. So in summary, no more to gain. So yes, save a transfer. So if you want to hear more from Mikkel, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for just $1.50 a month. We also partnered with Fancy Football Hub. They're currently giving a free trial for 90 days, 90 days only. So you can sign up now or you can use the Surgery 10 to get 10% off. But probably want to do the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the free trial right so we're, we're, we are also partnered with fpl doodles at fpl doodles one on twitter and he is providing us with some good doodles each, each week but i've forgotten to tell him so he probably hasn't done one for this week right trapped then transfers and captains david wagner load is saying extended captain talk please what about you then stefan what's your trapped for this week
1: well, my original plan was to spend my one free transfer to get rid of McCarthy for Cantwell to be able to play my bench boost. But then Leno got injured, so I am going to save a transfer. My first 11 is in great shape, no injuries, great fixtures. Everyone plays at home except Saar and Aubameyang. So that seems just uh, perfect. Let's hope it ends up uh, as perfect as it looks uh, right now. Uh, regarding captain, I was uh, going to captain Sala, but given that he didn't get any minutes today, as we said before, those 10, 20, 30 minutes would have helped me a lot choosing Salah. So now I'm going to go with Bruno Fernandes against the injury-ridden Sheffield United, injury suspension, etc. Poor form, don't look great at all. And after uh, other than that, I uh, think... Captain-wise, I think you also can Captain Jimenez, Jimenez, although, as we talked about before, he rarely gets those double-digit returns, so I think the captain is better elsewhere, like, get someone who's more likely to get those extra points. I think also a guy like uh, De Bruyne, a bit depending on the game, which probably lots will have seen. Or, uh, when, when you listen to this against Burnley, given that they play Chelsea, he will start 100% and he will probably play a lot in that game. And he's still the best player in the Premier League uh, this season, I think, uh, yeah. quite clear. And, uh, so, so to me, it's basically, uh, I think Cade is a pretty good option. Uh, also, you can Captain Son, he has a great fixture against West Ham. Yeah, there's if so many options dare, this week. So. If you dare to trust uh, Mourinho, uh, and I have to mention it, and I still think Aubameyang isn't the
0: worst <laughs> captain this week. Against Although, they against They played quite yeah. well against Norwich, but it was Norwich, wasn't it? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, but they play, they play away, so I guess you, you wouldn't captain Aubameyang. Mane could be a good captain as well, given uh, that Minamino also walked out of the game at halftime. It, uh, I guess that's an injury. So I think Mane will start again for sure. He can play He can play 90 minutes each and every day, it seems, so he doesn't need to rest or anything. I think it's a, a lot of great options, but for me, I would go for the most hungry guys, and that is Manchester United. And uh, pick your poison, but I'm going for Fernandes.
0: Yeah, mine's on Jimenez at the moment, but the, the double-digit return and the brace, you know, talking about that, is something which does put you off a little bit, but... You almost guaranteed a go against a woeful Bournemouth defense who have not been good all season and still are not good. Uh and Wolves really hungry as well. They're they're also going for top four. It's it's a tough one between him and Bruno for me. Either one of them, it would definitely be on one of them. But it was on Salah before because they they were going to Crystal Palace and you know they're they're going for the season, but maybe they are bottling it a little bit, so there is part of that which is stopping me. So at the moment, I think I'm going for the safe option, which is really boring on Jimenez, but I just think that he's probably going to get the most points because it could come from anyone at United as well. You've got, you've got Factor that in, whereas him there's more or less the main player there who, who always gets the goal. Whereas United, it could come from Marshall, it could come from Rashford, it could come from Pogba and yeah, it could also come from Bruno. So there, there is that put me off going him, but I'll probably make the wrong decision on the deadline. But do you remember the last game
1: where um, Manchester United played Sheffield United? The, the goalie that replaced Henderson, he didn't look too good to me. The, the main problem that came was that United couldn't get the ball up to him in the first half. But uh, United yeah, three, came back yeah. and drew 3-3, I think, or something. It was 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, 3-0. Three United put on a show late that game, and that was versus the Sheffield United team in form. But the goalkeeper missing with Henderson, I think, is the Andy clue here for me. And
0: O'Connell. Yeah, yeah, so uh, a crew, yeah,
1: yeah. Bruno will shoot from basically anywhere. And Simon Moore, if he plays the game again, will have big troubles.
0: Simon Moore <laughs> is actually from the Isle of Wight. And I personally know him. So uh, I'm going to back him. <laughs> Not so, that I have any proof. So if
1: a player plays in the Premier League and they know you, I think wouldn't <laughs> we want to bet against that guy, James? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right so captain bruno is what we've got concluded here so yeah he is the man to go for
1: <laughs> at least for me <laughs> yeah
0: right. we won't go through the leagues but if you want to join our league it's cccjk2 because we're midway through the game week it's not really going to show so we've got a feedback box so we've got one here from alan fpl toddler is putting uh consistently one of the best pods out there didn't think i could even get more input on the restart but here it is impressive so thank you for that alan and now we have alexa's afterthoughts which i will play for you now alexa football is back and it's good to have you back
2: I appreciate that mad hatter. It's almost a shame I can't return the compliment. Yes, football is back, and there seems to be enough chips flying around to arouse every sodding seagull on the planet. Saints got off to a good start. Well, I say good, it was against Norwich, so, pretty shite result really. City had a good win. Well, I say good. You get the gist. Arsenal were so poor. They followed it up by getting bitch-slapped by a team of aroused seagulls. Mm. All change at Spurs under a reinvented Jose. No more scoring against the run of play. Trying to sit behind a one-goal lead and pissing it up the wall for this man anymore. Oh, wait. Anyway, that's me. What are you up to tonight, Mad Hatter?
0: You should know. I send a bunch of flowers with From Steve to my neighbor's wife every Sunday then watch the resulting carnage from my living room window while eating popcorn.
2: You're such a dig. Up the pod. Up the pod.
0: He probably does do that as well. <laughs> yeah, He's the type of character yeah. that would that do that.
1: I have no idea how he does the things he does, but yeah. I believe he can do pretty much anything.
0: It's very inventive. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, thanks for that, Mad Hatter. We do have some other questions here, so we've got one here from. Big Bry at Big Bry underscore BDB. Can at James Jury be convinced to stay around longer and continue to enrich our lives? Now I'm not sure how much I'm enriching your lives. I mainly get the guests to do most of that. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're enriching the lives. So uh, lots of guys, James. <laughs> yeah. But it, but, it's, but it's not like uh, you're the only one in their lives either. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you need to think about yourself.
0: Well, the the thing is, the reason why I'm going to be stopping the podcast is because we're probably going to be moving away next year, and we're probably going to be moving somewhere out in the sticks. Also, you know, not very good internet and stuff like that, and. There is part of me which wants to stop a little bit because there there is a lot to this podcast, a lot more than than people actually realise. The likes of Tom Who Got The Assist (laughs) knows how much uh, you have to go through and what the amount of time you spend on it. So... Uh, I do want to spend a little bit more time doing things for me, like my job and, and looking into that, learning more into that. Also, sometimes when I spend the late nights editing, I, I don't go to the gym as much. So that brings me down to so there, there are certain things. I, I do want to start a family soon. There is a lot of stuff which is going to be stopping me from doing it next year. But don't worry, I've got some good replacements lined up, which we'll be announcing at some point so don't fret the pod will still go on and uh, I'm sure Stefan and even I will come on as a guest at some point as well so don't worry the pod will continue so we did have a question here from Bitter and Stout at Mike underscore Jeski he's put now that Mike Dean is bearded does he qualify for the next open surgeon spot yeah did you see his beard yeah barely recognized the guy it was, but he, uh... it was terrible I mean, it's no it's no Iceman bid now, is it? <laughs> but that isn't. <laughs> you're still ahead by miles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, he, he'll never get a chance because I really don't like Mike Dean. But yeah, that's my personal opinion anyway if you liked what you heard today and would like to support the podcast please do so at patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery please join our mini league still at cccjk2 uh, check out our website it's fplsurgery.com and uh, we're on facebook soundcloud reddit and twitter at fplsurgery Surgery. if you want to email me it's info at fplsurgery.com so good luck in your game weeks everybody and stefan up the pod oh. up the pod.
1: I'm sneezing. I'm sneezing. <laughs> I am sneezing could not continue. I couldn't sneeze. I was trying to mute my sneeze, but then That's it crazy. just didn't
0: happen. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You, you, can, you, can, you yeah. can go on from now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,